Maybe you should sit down. Okay? Take a deep breath. Brace yourself. Hi there, this is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. Welcome. How was your Christmas? I hope it was great. This is the first of about two weeks of pre-recorded episodes. The lovely Lady Leanne and I are on vacation. We're on our way to the Orlando, Florida area to visit our youngest son, Tim, and his wife, Val. They're expecting their first child and our fifth grandchild. An agenda reveal party is planned for while we're there. Also, Leanne and I will be celebrating our 32nd wedding anniversary while we're gone, so we're looking forward to that as well. Now, by the way, if you're in the Orlando area and you'd like to sit down with me for a cup of coffee or something, email me. Maybe we'll be able to set something up. We should be back to produce a fresh show for you on or about Thursday, January 13th. And since I am out of the studio, I won't be able to respond on the show to any comments, prayer requests, or boostograms. But I will see them, so keep sending them in. And when I get back, I'll try to get caught up on the show with all that stuff. Today, our reading is 2 Corinthians 1-3, through and I'm calling the episode, Enough is Enough. Let's get started. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 From Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and from Timothy, our brother, to God's church in the city of Corinth, and to all God's holy people everywhere in Greece. Goodwill and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus are yours. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father who is compassionate and the God who gives comfort. He comforts us whenever we suffer. That is why whenever other people suffer, we are able to comfort them by using the same comfort we have received from God. Because Christ suffered so much for us, we can receive so much comfort from Him. Besides, if we suffer, it brings you comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, we can effectively comfort you when you endure the same sufferings that we endure. We have confidence in you. We know that as you share our sufferings, you also share our comfort. Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be ignorant about the suffering we experienced in the province of Asia. It was so extreme that it was beyond our ability to endure. We even wondered if we could go on living. In fact, we still feel as if we are under a death sentence. But we suffered so that we would stop trusting ourselves and learn to trust God, who brings the dead back to life. He has rescued us from a terrible death, and He will rescue us in the future. We are confident that He will continue to rescue us, since you are also joining to help us when you pray for us. Then many people will thank God for the favor He will show us, because many people prayed for us. We are proud that our conscience is clear. We are proud of the way that we have lived in this world. We have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity, especially toward you. It was not by human wisdom that we have lived, but by God's kindness. We are only writing you what you already knew before you read this. I hope you will understand this as long as you live, even though you now understand it only partially. We are your reason to be proud, as you will be our reason to be proud on the day of our Lord Jesus. Confident of this, I had previously wanted to visit you so that you could benefit twice. My plans had been to go from the city of Corinth to the province of Macedonia. 
Then from Macedonia I had planned to return to you again in Corinth and have you support my trip to Judea. You don't think that I made these plans lightly, do you? Do you think that when I make plans I make them in a sinful way? Why would I say that something is true when it isn't? You can depend on God. Our message to you isn't false, it's true. God's Son, Jesus Christ, whom I, Silvanus, and Timothy told you about, was true, not false. Because of Him, our message was always true. Certainly, Christ made God's many promises come true. For that reason, because of our message, people also honor God by saying, Amen. God establishes us, together with you, in a relationship with Christ. He has also anointed us. In addition, He has put His seal of ownership on us and has given us the Spirit as His guarantee. I appeal to God as a witness on my behalf that I stayed away from Corinth because I wanted to spare you. It isn't that we want to have control over your Christian faith. Rather, we want to work with you so that you will be happy. Certainly, you are firmly established in the Christian faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 I decided not to visit you again while I was distressed. After all, if I had made you uncomfortable, how could you have cheered me up when you were uncomfortable? This is the very reason I wrote to you. I didn't want to visit you and be distressed by those who should make me happy. I'm confident about all of you that whatever makes me happy also makes you happy. I was deeply troubled and anguished. In fact, I had tears in my eyes when I wrote to you. I didn't write to make you uncomfortable, but to let you know how much I love you. If someone caused distress, I'm not the one really affected. To some extent, although I don't want to emphasize this too much, it has affected all of you. The majority of you have imposed a severe enough punishment on that person. So now, forgive and comfort him. Such distress could overwhelm someone like that if he's not forgiven and comforted. That is why I urge you to assure him that you love him. I had also written to you to test you. I wanted to see if you would be obedient in every way. If you forgive someone, so do I. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did in the presence of Christ for your benefit. I don't want Satan to outwit us. After all, we are not ignorant about Satan's scheming. When I went to the city of Troas, the Lord gave me an opportunity to spread the good news about Christ. But I didn't have any peace of mind because I couldn't find Titus, our brother, there. So I said goodbye to the people in Troas and went to the province of Macedonia. But I thank God, who always leads us in victory because of Christ. Wherever we go, God uses us to make clear what it means to know Christ. It's like a fragrance that fills the air. To God, we are the aroma of Christ among those who are saved and among those who are dying. To some people, we are a deadly fragrance, while to others, we are a life-giving fragrance. Who is qualified to tell about Christ? At least we don't go around selling an impure word of God like many others. The opposite is true. As Christ's spokesman and in God's presence, we speak the pure message that comes from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Some people need letters that speak well of them. Do we need those kinds of letters, either to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter. You are written on our hearts. Everyone knows you and reads you. You make it clear that you are a letter from Christ. You are the result of our work for God, 
You are a letter written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. You are a letter written not on tablets made out of stone, but on human hearts. Through Christ, we can be sure of this because of our faith in God's power. In ourselves, we are not able to claim anything for ourselves. The power to do what we do comes from God. He has given us the power to serve under a new covenant. The covenant is not based on the written law of Moses. It comes from the Holy Spirit. The written law kills, but the Spirit gives life. The law was written in letters on stone. Even though it was a way of serving God, it led to death. But even that way of serving God came with glory. And even though the glory was fading, the people of Israel couldn't look at Moses' face very long. Since all of that is true, won't the work of the Holy Spirit be even more glorious? The law that sentences people to death is glorious. How much more glorious is the work of the Spirit? His work makes people right with God. The glory of the Old Covenant is nothing compared with the far greater glory of the New. The glory of the Old is fading away. How much greater is the glory of the New? It will last forever. Since we have that kind of hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses. He used to cover his face with a veil. That was to keep the people of Israel from looking at his face while the brightness was fading away. But their minds were made stubborn. To this very day, the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. The veil has not been removed. Only faith in Christ can take it away. To this very day, when the law of Moses is read, a veil covers the minds of those who hear it. But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Holy Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, freedom is also there. Our faces are not covered with a veil. We all display the Lord's glory. We are being changed to become more like Him, so that we have more and more glory. And the glory comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. Beloved, I've got some news for you that you might find shocking. It might completely alter your worldview. Maybe you should sit down. Okay? Take a deep breath. Brace yourself. I need you to know that the church, and I'm not referring to one specific local church or even a denomination, I'm talking about all of the church, which is made up of all the believers. Anyway, the church is made up of imperfect people. Oh, you knew that? <laughs> of course you did, because you know that whenever people are involved, there's going to be difficulties. None of us is perfect. People mess up. Sometimes there are what we might consider to be minor infractions, and sometimes there are major sins. But that's not surprising, is it? Do you remember back in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul addressed a major sin that was happening there in the church at Corinth? There was a man there who was married to his father's wife. It was an incestuous relationship, and Paul chastised them for not dealing properly with the sin. In fact, they were not dealing with it at all. Paul even said that they were being arrogant about it, accepting of it. He told them that they should remove the man from the fellowship. He said, Hand such a person over to Satan to destroy his corrupt nature so that his spiritual nature may be saved on the day of the Lord. Remember that? Good. Are you aware that we as Christians sometimes do that today? Thing is, as far as I know, it rarely happens in local churches. You know where it happens quite often? 
when a prominent, well-known Christian's sins become known. Then we ostracize him or her. We destroy them. We cast them out. Since I started podcasting more than 17 years ago, I've been blessed to have gotten to know several Christian recording artists pretty well. And because of the family that I married into, I probably know more than the average person does about some of the quote-unquote famous pastors in the world today. And I've heard more than once how this person or that person lost a career or a ministry because the church found out about a sin in their life. You say, well, Steve, isn't that what Paul told the Corinthians to do? Isn't that the biblical thing to do? Well, let's take a look at chapter 2 from our reading today. In the first four verses, Paul reminds them of the fact that he told them that he had wanted to visit them, but then he said he didn't come because he was distressed at the situation with the incestuous man. His previous writing to them about this was done tearfully, and he was deeply troubled, and he was anguished. Now, is that how we feel when we find sin in the life of someone we hold in high esteem? I have to say, I'm not so sure. And then Paul goes on here in chapter 2 to say that the majority of you have imposed a severe enough punishment on that person. It's enough. So now what? Paul continues. So now forgive and comfort him. Such distress could overwhelm someone like that if he's not forgiven and comforted. That is why I urge you to assure him that you love him. In other words, let that person know that you still love him. Don't let him become overwhelmed. Why? Because then the enemy has a chance to come in and keep him from being restored. How many times have we seen this happen with these famous Christians I referred to earlier? Beloved, I've seen it happen to more than one person because we don't take the extra step of reaching out to them once they've dealt with the sin. We continue to rub their nose in it. We don't forgive them, and it's shameful. How can we claim to represent a loving God who is faithful and just to forgive us if we don't forgive? How can we expect to be forgiven for our sins if we won't forgive the sins of others? The reason we rebuke the brother or sister who's sinning is not to get a notch on our belt. It's to bring them to repentance and back into fellowship, first with God and then with us. I'd love to hear what you think. Agree? Disagree? Thoughts? Questions? Comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or comment on the show notes page for this episode. Even if I'm not here, I do want to hear from you. Thanks. Boost. This date in church history, December 26th, 1790. In Philadelphia, the First Day Society adopts a constitution the purpose of which is to instruct the rising generation from the text of the Bible and, quote, from such other moral and religious books as the society might, from time to time, direct, unquote. And on this date in church history, 1887, Charles B. Booth was born. He was an American social reformer and grandson of Salvation Army founder William Booth. Charles served as the head of the Volunteers of America from 1949 to 1958. If your Christmas list had Webb's Easy Bible Names Pronunciation Guide on it and you didn't get a copy, I guess you'll just have to take the bull by the horns. 
Go to BibleNames.link and treat yourself to a late Christmas gift. And because I'm feeling especially generous, instead of the usual 25% discount you get just for being a member of the LifeSpring family, my after-Christmas gift to you is an extra 10% off. Use the promo code PODCASTEXTRA for a 35% discount. This code is only good until midnight Pacific time this Wednesday, December 29th. Now, if you order a soft cover, remember, I'm on vacation, so I'll not be sending it out until I get back. If you order a PDF or MP3 version, you can download that immediately. And by the way, the discount code is not available for bundles. But remember, you don't have to live with the disappointment of not getting the number one thing on your Christmas list. Just go to BibleNames.link and order it yourself. You deserve it. Promo code PODCASTEXTRA for a 35% discount. Prayer requests. Listen, even though I'm on vacation, send your prayer requests or praises in. I'll be checking my email, and if you send something in, I will rejoice with you in your praises, and I'll pray for you if you send in a prayer request. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you are our God. We thank you that you're holy, righteous, and merciful. We thank you that you're our shield, our provider, our comfort, our refuge, our strength, and so much more. As Leanne and I are on this vacation, please give us protection as we travel, Lord. Give us rest and refreshment. Give us, Lord, experiences that will result in good memories. I pray, Lord, for Val and Tim and the newest member of the Webb family. As you're even now forming this child, I ask that you would make him or her to be one who will love you and serve you all their days. Give Tim and Val wisdom as they guide this little person. Give Valerie health and strength as the baby is in her womb. I pray that your presence would always be evident in their home and that you would bring peace and tranquility. I pray for each member of the LifeSpring family, Lord. Provide what they need as they seek to know you better. Bless them, lead them, guide them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So send your prayer requests in. I'll get them. Go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com and give me as much or as little detail as you like, and I promise I'll pray for you. Comment on the show at comment.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or comment on today's show notes page. I always read your comments, and I might read them on the show. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thanks for being here. My name is Steve Webb. Bye.